Hello, friends, and welcome back to Black Mesa Radio. This is your host, Seth. Nate. Chase. Josh. And today we will be talking about the nature of altruism, space weather, and looking at some fun facts from the year that's been. Let's get going. That's right, folks. This is Black Mesa Radio is going to have the final word on twenty. <laughs> yeah, we really are. We really yeah, are. It might be the last podcast recording. We've got to be coming up on it. Yeah. Yeah. I think uh, I think Sam Harris did one like yesterday, so we got him beat. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, you know, because he's our main competition. There's there's so many right? podcasts now that someone probably like <laughs> is doing one right at midnight. No, like, I'm sure. Oh, yeah, into the new year. I didn't even, yeah, you're yeah. right. But someone will do it for the right. listeners. It is like it'd be pretty boring if it went that long. I feel like. Oh yeah, <laughs> it's like five thirty on December thirty first. <laughs> so we're we're definitely one of the last. We're gonna we're gonna give it to you real about the year. I wanted to talk about altruism. Um, so the reason I wanted to talk about it, and I talked to you guys a little bit in a text thread about it, but we didn't really go into it, but Steven Tyler gave a lot of money to my company to open up a home for abused women. Um, which sounds awesome. Abuse young, young women. Like it's a, it's for juveniles. Yeah. Good. No, I was just going to say, it doesn't just sound awesome. Like that is awesome. Yeah. Right? It's really great. It's, it's great. He has this, uh, company called Janie's house, Janie's fund. I can't remember. It's named after the Janie's got a gun song. Um, but yeah, so what'd you say? Starting to get weird. But go ahead. <laughs> <laughs> um, so it's called, I think Janie's Fund is what it's called. But he gives to our company and uh, he's been a partner with us for a long time. And he wa- said, I want to open up a house for like abused young women in Memphis. Or I think it was Memphis, maybe in Georgetown. Either way, um, somewhere in the country. And so our company's like, sure, yeah, let's do it. So we open it up. Um, it's great. We have, it's basically a 24-hour shelter for young women. It got posted to Reddit at some point, um, and it made the front page of Reddit um, because people were like outraged that Steven Tyler, like it was in the music subreddit, and it was it was supposed to be like, here's a weird thing, and everybody was like, oh, is this like not the Onion? Um, because Steven Tyler has like a pretty big history of, um, not, like abusing women and like being really just generally crappy towards the female gender. Um, and so a lot of people on there were saying, like, he shouldn't be able to do this or, like, what gives him the right to try and make up for these kind of things that he did. Um, and then other people were saying, obviously, the other side of that argument, which is, like, you know, if you want to make amends for your past or if you just want to do something nice, you should be able to. So I wanted to talk about kind of where where's that line at? Is there a line there? What is that? I'm for uh, making recompense anyways. I think our justice system is uh, – not what it should be. It's about punishing the individual and not making up for what you did. So let's say that you're a thief. Uh, you don't have to pay back that money. And if you get a fine for your thievery, you give that to the government. And the other people who lost the money don't get anything. Not to go down a different side road, but is the justice system about punishment? Or is it supposed to be about like Rehabilitation. Yeah. Well, I wasn't even That's talking about rehabilitation. Yeah. At least make up for the person who was unjustly offended. Or at least, not that you always can, but like making some kind of effort to do that. Yeah, agreed. Uh, you know, some damage like you well, just that, you can't really fix. To jump in here, that's actually what civil court is for. Like, civil court is to right, so. right the wrongs and put people on an even footing before someone did something to them negatively. So, 
if somebody robbed your house and they went to jail for it, yeah, could you, you could also sue, sue that person? Sure. Oh, okay. yes. Yeah, you totally can. You're probably not going to actually get any money, but you definitely can. So. You're going to probably spend more money to get it done. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but that's that's neither here nor there in compared to yeah. the, the main question right, right. here. Like, I mean, I'm I'm fine with them doing it, um, even if it is like just to kind of make himself feel better about it. Like, he's doing good things, right? Like, why would you try to keep somebody from? Yeah, I like. I think the point I ultimately come down on is you want to encourage people to do good things, right? Like, regardless of what their motivations are, as a society, we want to encourage people to do good things. We would like their motives to also be good, yeah. right? Yeah. Um, we don't want it to him being like papering over his past transgressions by saying, look, I just gave a whole bunch of money. And like, we shouldn't, we shouldn't let him get away with that. We shouldn't bitch just be like, oh, you're fine now. Right. And people, people are making it out. Like he's trying to be a counselor to women who have suffered sexual. Oh abuse yeah. That was like a huge that. part of the whole thread. And like, on Reddit. that's not, for, at least from my understanding, like, that's not at all what he's trying to do. Like he's setting it up and other people are going to run it. Yeah. So, right. we, the company that I work for would not allow that. Like, it'd be one thing if like a uh, kidnapper was like, I'm going to set up a daycare to like a free daycare to like make up for all those kidnappings. You'd be like, now give oh, me well, all your kids. Well, that's good. Are you going to run it? Like, are you going to be there? Running okay. Yeah. Then right. no, like, you don't like, get like to he has no, all your kids to me. I'll watch him. I promise. He has no pull in it. Right. Like he is merely, no, I mean, I'm sure that if he finance it, yeah, I'm sure if he popped in and was like, hey, I want to tour the place, we're going to be like, sure. But he, well, actually, we probably would make everybody sign waivers because we have to protect HIPAA. So mm-hmm. um, I just don't see anything wrong with that. With which part? With like him funding it. No, no, none of us do. I don't, I don't think. So what but was. People, people made the huge argument. Like, one person did say, like, so he's just going to be able to like pop in and out on these young girls like Trump did with Miss Teen USA? Like, is that the situation here? And I was like, whoa. Jeez, I hope not. Not even the same thing. <laughs> so. Yeah, yeah, that was a big part of the argument. Um, I posted on there because I was like, "Hey, this is my company, and we're being talked about on Reddit. I should tell people about what we do and where they can find our website." And so I posted something like, "Hey, I work for them. Here's our website. Here's the article on our on our company's website." And like all of the comments I got, but one were, "Well, how does your company justify his past abuse of women? What's your official stance on it?" And I was like, "Whoa, I don't speak for the company, guys." (laughs) Also, you don't like you like you guys are underfunded, right? I mean, most mm-hmm. social yeah. services are. Yeah, totally. And so you accept money where you get it. I mean, you try and do good with what you can get. Mm-hmm. You don't try and justify. Well, that. and someone said, like, I'm sure they don't even address it with him. And they were like, well, that's just wrong. They're like, yeah, they have to have some sort of stance on his past abuse. I was like, no, no, we don't. Right. Like, that's, yeah. is that's, that looking isn't that for the I think that's like, just I an don't... impossible standard to try and keep. Mm-hmm. So like every. I think it is kind of weird uh, that. In this past 2017, where like celebrity after celebrity was uh, had allegations against them of sexual misconduct of some sort, mm-hmm. that we didn't hear anything about Steven Tyler. Well, I mean, it was all like it's all open. It's in, all in the already past. been known. <laughs> yeah, it's not like it was. Well, so of a lot of these other people, apparently, yeah, like Eric Weinstein was like freaking Harvey, freaking everybody. Harvey Weinstein, sorry, yeah, yeah. Did you say it was freaking everybody? No. <laughs> I said freaking everybody was like, knew about like what <laughs> oh, he was gotcha, doing. Gotcha, is, gotcha. is what I meant to say. Yeah, it was like an open secret. Yeah, and like I watched a, a YouTube video that was like really creepy, and it was like this this person put together a compilation of all these actresses thanking, you know, they're like they're like it's like Oscar speeches or whatever. And they're like thanking everybody that 
you know, they give they're giving credit to everybody or whatever, and like they all like all these people like mentioning Eric Weinstein and like Eric Harvey. Weinstein, thank you, Harvey. Eric is the freaking professor from <laughs> Oh my god, that that university that went crazy with like Oh, uh, uh yeah, I know, I know who you're talking about now. <laughs> I keep saying his name and I know he probably would not like to be associated with Harvey Weinstein. Would anybody want to be? No. Not anymore. What's his brother's name? The other Weinstein. I don't know. Eric. It's not Eric. Not Eric. Harvey. No, that's what I'm saying. Eric and... <laughs> Harvey and... You're talking about Harvey still? Yes. Yeah. We're, we're because talking... Eric Weinstein has a brother, too, that was also on the podcast. Oh, no. Gosh. On the Joe Rogan podcast. Oh, you're talking about Joe Rogan. Okay. No. We, I just need to quit no. talking about this because I can't keep it straight. <laughs> yeah, they always talked about... Whenever I heard about him in the past, like, the Weinstein brothers is what yeah. you heard about. And Miramax and their, like, Oscar record or whatever. Mm-hmm. So say... Harvey Weinstein, eight years from now, because I don't know if he'll live 10 years. He looks really, really bad. Um, but say eight years from now, he's like, you know, I want to start a, I don't know, home for abused women. Because ours, the, the Stephen Tyler one is young girls. Like, it's it's young women who have been abused. Um, say he wants to start, like, a shelter in Hollywood for, like, I don't know, former actresses who've been abused or something. Uh, should he be allowed to do that? As long as he, as long as he's not directly involved in it, I'm okay with that. Yeah, if he's not in control. As long as it's his money, then like, yeah, as long as it's just his money going towards it, I'm perfectly okay with it. Yeah, I don't, I don't know what I think. Like, it should also, whoever runs it should be like, we accept your money. However, this does not absolve you of your past sins, right? Like, I don't know. We will take your money and try and do good with it. What does absolve somebody of their past sins? A priest. I was going to say that. Dang it. I just watched Silence. So I'm all about I don't that know right if the now. justice system would agree. <laughs> I mean, the I, just- I told my priest. It's fine. Well, some things are like. That's not what absolve means, though. Like, like the criminal justice system doesn't ever absolve and doesn't care if you're absolved. It's just not. That's not a part of it. Go into that, boy. Say what? Go into that, boy. I guess we need to define absolve because it might not mean what I thought it meant. Yeah, we should do that. Because I'm also, the more we talk about it, I'm like, uh. I just thought of a brother or art, though, though, when he's like, they done washed my sins away. Uh, Yeah, and then his response is like, uh, what is George Clooney's response like? State don't care about that. It's something like that. Set or declare someone free from blame, guilt, or responsibility. Oh, are we trying to define what absolve meant? Absolve. Yeah. Okay, sorry, I wasn't paying attention. This my, is this is we're we're all part of this so, podcast. Like for you, Josh. My brother was texting me pictures of cats, and I was looking at him. Wow. He got a new cat, and he was his name is Warren. You do that all day at work every week. Look at pictures of cats. Yes. I would say getting somebody to like, like somebody like a Harvey Weinstein to pay for like an abused women's shelter. That is like the opposite of being absolved. That is like asking somebody to pay for it. But what if he's doing it because he feels bad? I don't, <laughs> I don't know because and i don't i'm not saying steven tyler's doing this because he feels bad and I, i'm hoping he's just doing it because he wants to do it and he feels like this is something that i need to do and if he does have some like i think it's probably residual because, guilt yeah i think it's probably some Nate, residual do you guilt. want the cat nesting in your jacket just wants you to be like aware hey stop <laughs> hey stop i don't know if you're allergic to cats no, or anything please, stop mal mal's getting fat that's a good thing. It is. Uh, He's been super skinny for a, a long that's time. That's because Fuzz was starving him to death. And that's why we got <laughs> that's why we got rid of Fuzz. Yeah. Because Fuzz there's two types of cats. There's really just two types of animals. Animals that wolf down their food and animals that nibble and come back over a period mm-hmm. of time. 
Mal is the kind that nibbles and comes back. Fuzz was the kind that would wolf down his food. So Mal would I'd put his food out. He would take a couple bites and then walk off. And then Fuzz would eat all of his and then go find wherever Mal's was, no matter where I hit it, and then eat it all. So the only way we could ever get Mal to actually eat a lot was to lock him in here, but that made him nervous, and then he didn't want to eat. Uh-huh. <laughs> so it sucked. So we eventually just had to get rid of Fuzz because he got down to like – he was probably six pounds, and yeah. he was just skinny. It was, it was bad. Yeah, that's no bueno. Anyway, so should Fuzz be able to open a house for like starving cats is really what I want to know. Yes. That's a dumb question. It's weird. We're all, we're all pretty much agreed on. I didn't think it's you guys were going to disagree. I just want to talk like, about the nature of it. Who Who is doing the allowing and not allowing, right? Like, obviously they're allowed to. Yeah. No one is stopping them. It's just, I guess a lot of it comes down to like, what should society's response be? What, yeah. What we're ultimately should, talking what about. What should society, yeah. yeah, society's response be. And then, you know, what is, I guess, what is the threshold for What's what's the statute of limitations for past crappy behavior and trying to make up for it? I think for a lot of people, never. Like that's kind of the mindset we've gone to is that no, whatever you've done just sticks with you for the rest of your life. And I'm really against that. Uh I'm not saying some people don't continue in their behavior indefinitely, but uh, a lot of times that's just wrong. I mean, if you anybody, if somebody wants to be president of the United States and they're running Anybody could find anything on somebody that you would find reprehensible. Okay. Not to go too political, but like what's reprehensible about Obama personally? Uh, no, no, I'm saying you could find something. I'm not saying I know what that is, but if you dug deep enough, like, like you could just say like, you know, this person right, when they were a hole in your argument, like, I'm confused. Because he's, he's giving you an example of somebody that he doesn't that think you could actually find something was, about. I'm, I'm not saying you couldn't. I mean, maybe you could, but I can't think of anything. And a U.S. Didn't, citizen didn't he, you weren't born in the U.S. there, Seth. Didn't he admit to, like, using uh, drugs okay, recreationally? Yeah, Drug use? Okay. I mean, that's fair. Yeah. But what it, uh, that doesn't, like, personally offend me, though. Like, for, but for a lot of people, that How does, How long obviously. has that been off? Not long. You yeah, okay. I, I heard it pop off. I was okay. about to tell you. Because <laughs> I'm, I'm of the opinion that... People do stuff that they may regret, you know, when they're younger. Like, that's just Certainly. kind of the nature of teenagers. Also, it? like, it doesn't take a bad person to do bad things. Um, mm, and in society... Like that. That's interesting. In society, like, I feel like the... the and this maybe this was always the case, I'm just not aware of it. But it feels lately like we're trying to find anything that we can say... It's like every anything bad that anybody does is like a window into like the secret evil of their soul. And so like if you catch somebody doing something bad, it's like that's an excuse to go, okay, well, you're just evil. You're just like, you're a Nazi, whatever. And then like you can just completely discredit them for the rest of their lives. Like no matter what they contribute to the argument, no matter what they accomplish, like they're done. You're done at that point. But like I don't necessarily – and like, yeah, like I definitely – I'm not completely crazy. Like I definitely believe like some people – are better than others. But like, I think generally everybody's a bad person. Everybody's a good person. People are just humans. Largely people are like opportunists, but I'm just saying like, Hmm. I don't know. It comes, a lot of that argument like comes down to like, how do you, how do you define like what a good person or a bad person is? And at what point do you get to just like write somebody off? So like Steven Tyler, he did some stuff like in his past that was like messed up. And now he's, I mean, I don't know if that's actually his mentality or not. Like who can say, but like now he's, it seems like he's trying to um, 
maybe absolve himself a little bit of that by like raising money for like a women's shelter or whatever. So like maybe to write completely write him off and say he's not allowed to engage in the public and he's not allowed to do that kind of thing anymore actually would have been detrimental as opposed to saying like, okay, well then, okay, yeah, we're going to allow you to try to diminish some of the damage that you've done to the fabric of society as a whole, not necessarily to the lives of the individuals that you affected. But I don't know. I think it's important to let people do that. Okay. I'm, I'm with you. Here's a question. What if he's not sorry? He's still trying to do a good thing. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, you but, still. I still come down. You want to encourage people to do good things, even if they don't have good motivations. Right. I, I would say intents and motives are one of the hardest things you can try to prove. Yes, very true. So as a society, all we can really do is base it on, is this action? You can only go on actions, good or bad, for the society itself. Yeah. So I'm saying just do it whether he's sorry or not. And uh, at least it will help people in the long run. Like, but I think, I mean, I do think, and there's a line and it's, it's going to be different for every person, right? Whether they've like crossed over to be absolved or redeemed or whatever, it's going to be different based on what they've done. But you can, as a society, we can say, can't, we definitely shouldn't say, oh, okay, now that you've started this women's shelter, it's no big deal that you like hit all those women yeah, before. Yeah, if, if, right. if there's like if people come up with legitimate claims, I mean, he should definitely, you know, be uh, tested in front of a jury. Oh, like probably legitimate, a statute like, of limitations is run on. That's probably isn't it different for every state though? Yeah, but it's going to matter where it happened oh, as okay. to what state it, you can prosecute. Because so, there's a few states that don't have statute of limitations. Uh, not probably not for something like this. Like right. murder doesn't have a statute of limitations. Okay, right, right. Anywhere, I don't think. Um, like that 96-year-old Nazi uh, who was a SS prison guard at Auschwitz. Oh, yeah. Who they're trying to make sure that he goes to prison. Interesting. Yeah. That's also like international court, and that gets into weird. Um, I don't know anything about that. And laws. Yeah. Everybody's wearing capes. <laughs> yeah. Robes. I guess they I would no, wear robes anyway. I have no anyways. idea how international court works. If they're judges, they'd wear robes anyways. Space suits. Uh, neither do I, so... I don't well, know how you're a lawyer. Here. You should know like a little bit, right? Yeah. I mean, I even took a class on international law and I don't really have any idea. So what kinds of crimes can of you come back from? Like as far as Ooh. people's like perception of you like as a person or whatever, like sexual crime, but like sexual crime, like that's even like a broad. Yeah. So there's I, a lot of, that like, seems to be the one. I would actually, nowadays. the best way. The best way I can think to approach this question, like what crimes can you be absolved of, is start from the reverse. Like what can you never be absolved from? So, and I was thinking about it earlier, one where um, Jimmy Seville, do you guys know who that was? He was no. like a, okay. Probably actually, that name sounds familiar, but. You guys and uh, all all listeners should Wikipedia Jimmy Seville if you want to be truly disgusted by humanity. I don't know. But he was a celebrity in britain right on the bbc all the time and he like molested over 700 kids over 30 to 40 years of his life and like it was the same type thing where you someone put together clips of like people making jokes about jimmy seville being a pedophile like on tv all the time so like like, people were aware of it people knew but nobody could get to him to get it to happen and then it all came out after his death and they're like yeah, like over 700 cases. Well, that one, I don't know. I don't know if you should be able to come back from that. that that's, what I, that's what I'm saying. <laughs> well, he's dead. There's nothing he could have done to ever come back from that. Yeah. Right? 
Like, there's At least nothing as far that could as ever like, redeem him on that. Sort of the uh, court of public opinions concerned. Like, as a society, well, we should not he should, welcome. He back should never back be to the fold. accepted back into society. The damage that's done to a lot of people, like when their kids lasts lasts them the rest of their life mm-hmm. too. I mean, mm-hmm. if you want to start making yeah. excuses for like growing up in a bad environment or whatever, I don't know what Jimmy Savile's like home life was like. But if he hadn't like an ex- like for instance, if he had a really abusive relationship with his mother. Like, that's extremely hard on individuals, particularly men, it seems. Because men seem to be the ones to fly off the handle and do crazy shit. I kind of think there is a point where you are unequivocally responsible for every single one of your actions. Yeah, Yeah, regardless of your environment or your upbringing. Yeah, but to say what that point is, I do think it's different for every person because people mentally develop at different rates. What is the Hebrew age? Is it 12? 13 is kind of what they say. The what? The, the bar mitzvah and bat mitzvah. The, eight, the point it of like respons- age of responsibility or whatever. Yeah. When they become a man or a woman. Like now you're responsible for your actions. And yeah. see, like, I, I, I like the idea of like enshrining sort of that and like making that a, like a big deal. Like, okay, like you're not a kid anymore. Like now you're responsible for everything that you do. And like you're going to be tried like as an adult and like blah, blah, blah. Like. I don't. I think that there should be like a hard line in a person's life where they can look before that and they can look after that, and like things were totally different. Like you should be able to see where that line is, like in your life. I feel like I think that's really important. I don't know. That's like a random yeah. side note, but I think as society, we're we're doing ourselves a disservice I mean, by not do, having a rite of passage. Do we not kind of have that at eighteen? Like nothing really happens, but we it's like a legal definition. Yeah, we kind of have different ones at eighteen and twenty-one. But I, mean, I, th- I think Nate's right that like the less tribal we've be- we've been. The more that's eroded, and yeah. like the less we've had a clear defining. And I'm not saying like, I don't know, going back to like tribalism would necessarily be a good thing, but I feel like you need something. I think tribalism is good to a degree. Um, They're good aspects like and bad. Having a small group of like support, that's there's nothing wrong with that. Yeah, I think tribalism also just still like exists naturally. Just in a different tribal. Way. Yeah. yeah. Oh yeah. Exactly. Dude, humans are just tribalistic in general. Yeah. And that's the thing too is like tribalism is either going to mess. It's going to manifest itself, and we can more or less decide if it's going to be healthy or not is what we can do. But tribalism is going to manifest itself because we're tribal people. Like, and I feel like having, um, being more deliberate about the way that we set up like our tribal lives could be, could be really good. It could be healthy for everybody. It could be healthier than just like letting it just happen. Like whatever tribe, whatever tribal lines you find yourself encompassed within, like that's fine. Like I don't necessarily think that that's good, unless it's the neo-Nazi tribe. You should probably stay away from that one. That's what I'm. That's what I'm saying. But no, like, but they're the neo. They're the new and improved Nazis. <laughs> You're gonna find a tribe, and like a lot of people that wind up being neo-Nazis, like they slip into that because, or I guess any other like unhealthy tribe tribal type system. Me, yeah, like, you slip the, into that because like you don't have a support system, and right. these people reach out to you, and they're like, we can be your family. Or you're frustrated yeah. with a certain aspect of something, and this group is also frustrated with a certain aspect of something, and you mutually, you may not have the same ideals with them on other aspects, but you're like, well, we both agree on this. That happens a lot. That's why, that's how Timothy right. McVeigh got involved. Yeah, with, and so then they like take Nazis. you in, yeah. and like, yeah, Con- convert you to convert their ways you. in some ways. And that's what happens a lot. Like you talked about neo-Nazism and I was going to compare it to like, it's just any type of gang really is what it is Yeah. in a lot of sense. And if you think about a lot of the, the gangs that happen, these kids are typically raised in fatherless homes and the, in the community that they grew up in was all fatherless homes. So the most everybody will try and get a male father figure 
male or female. They'll have this male father figure in their life. And if you're a 13-year-old kid in a fatherless neighborhood, those father figures are typically like a 16-year-old kid, which is obviously not a great father figure, and they're already in a gang, and they'll take care of you. They're not well off. They don't have good support. Their mom's trying to work just to keep them alive, and she's, you know, unfortunately not be able to around us as much in part of their lives just because yeah i don't know as gone. much about the father figure kind yeah of stuff. But good maybe right. just archetypical father you could say but you could just say that the those like we were saying those people don't don't have a tribe right they don't have another place that support brings group. them together yeah well yeah, yeah. Full support group yeah i'm not i'm not saying you're wrong about the father stuff but i don't know enough to say that you're right um okay. and i want to see more stats on that and I think that that would be readily available. I, I hear that, like and that. I'm like, yeah, that's right. Like, I agree with that. But then, like, I think about it, and I'm like, I don't know why I agree with that. But that just instinctually makes sense to me. <laughs> I don't know. Um, so do we want to talk about space weather? Because we only have, like, t- 10 minutes left if we want to actually hit the other two topics. Uh, yeah, I mean, the the thing I want to talk about with space weather was just really short. We can just take a couple minutes and... Uh, so anyway, we didn't clear any of that up. <laughs> oh, uh, <no. laughs> on to the next yeah. topic. No, we're not. That was that was beyond That's us. A, anyway. That is a broad topic. I'm not touching yeah, that with a ten foot pole. Topic. <laughs> we should definitely retouch that later. So yeah. Um. So this this guy is called Suspicious Observer. Observer with an O that I follow on YouTube. Uh, he is a independent researcher. That's what he's done his whole life, and he has dedicated himself now to researching. Space weather, um, mainly, of course, in our solar system. Space weather is almost entirely dictated by the sun. And he, from his data and statistics, believes that we are entering actually into a grand solar minimum. So a, a grand solar minimum is beyond just the, the natural scope of the uh, ebbs and flows of the sun, which is every 11 years that we can easily see that the sun is on an 11-year cycle yeah. uh, for a, a high and a low for activity. But this mm-hmm. is talking about a grand, which happens over uh, a couple thousand years. So he believes that the sun is actually starting to go more dormant um, f- from what he can tell by the statistics for the past you know couple hundred years of what the sun has been doing. And he is actually of the opinion that... Instead of, um, I know I know we're, we call it cl- uh, climate change now, but instead of a warming Earth, he believes that we're actually in for a cooling Earth, which would actually be way more devastating than a than yeah. a heating Earth. Crops can grow when it's hot. Obvi- obviously, depending on on how fast or how slow these things occur. But if, if you say they are occurring at the same speed, you would definitely take the warming over the cooling. Hmm. So what do you want to talk about with this? Uh, just just give you a little update, like hey, you know, <laughs> check this out and you know see if it space. You heard it. You heard it here first. We're all gonna die. Got it. I well, mean, we're re- all gonna die. In the in the <laughs> says se- you in the seventies, everybody was worried about global cooling. Yeah, that's true. And that would mean you know less time for crops to grow, more crop failure, less places even available to grow crops. Yeah. That's, so so oh, it's wow. it's yeah, more about, about starvation. Um, less free fresh water uh, would be available as well. So there'd be less less ability to get fresh water. Penguin infestations. So pretty much the top two things that we do besides oxygen is eating and drinking. 
So those things would be less abundant, and the world would probably see massive starvation in a large-scale global cooling hmm. of, you know, 5 degrees, 10 degrees. 10 degrees would be insane. Over what, 100 years or 5 years, 10 years, 20 years? Uh, yeah, it, it'd probably be over, you know, 100 years or so. But okay. um, so was it – I can't remember if it was 900 AD or 1200 AD was the mini ice age. Do you guys remember? Because I read about no, that. Those two things. I there totally was a, read about this. There was a yeah, like climate the, yeah. optimum, and there was a and they weren't that far apart. The climate optimum and the mini ice age. And one of them's nine hundred. One of them's twelve hundred A.D. And during that mini ice age, like starvation got so bad in like broad swaths of Europe that like there are horror stories of like what people did to survive like during that mm-hmm. time because mm-hmm. it was so much harder to grow food and everybody couldn't be supported. There's like, I mean, there were stories of like people digging up recently buried dead people. To like eat them, to munch on them. It got really, really, really bad. Some nasty Ooh. jerky. Like global cooling is almost always associated with. It's almost always worse than global warming. Global warming, it historically has generally been associated with more land that's capable of growing food. And Even actually, with like rising those sea times levels, tend to be more prosperous. Oh, most definitely. Because think about the well. And society, the question is, is society is not as mobile. Warm to like a sweet spot or whatever. Right. Gotcha. Right. Okay. You also have to think that like society is not as mobile as it used to be. Like we can't just pick up and move. Like move up river a little bit if the if the tidal levels go up. So like I see what you're saying. Not that you always necessarily could, but you could. You you used to could more than you can now. Wait. You used to could more than Okay. So yes, we are more mobile in that we can get around the world. No, we're not more mobile in that we're not a migratory people. Is what he's saying. Oh, We've put down right. way deeper roots. Like as far as like our cities and stuff like that, we're going to lose a lot of like property and stuff. It's just going to be bad economically. I think. It, I think if global warming happens slow enough, I don't think it would be a big deal. Slow enough. Give us time to adjust for it. Yeah. And... Yeah. I mean, because you think about Sicily has been not, uh, not Sicily. What's that place in Italy where you go through the boats and the... Venice? Venice. Venice. Thank you. Sicily's an island. I know. I, that's I knew it wasn't right. It's uh, still there though. So I mean, your point yeah, but, stands. But you know, it's it's been rising since before we even thought that the climate was warming. That's true. Well, I think that's also a part of a crumbling Sinking. foundation, though. Yes, that is true. That's not. But, you that's know, not they, necessarily. They, they found, if it's slow enough, you can always find ways to adapt that aren't true. really that bad. At least that's the hope we're holding on. To. I mean, so far, <laughs> right? Well, like. What if it ramps up, you know? Yeah, I mean, it's like we can find a way to adapt so far, and life has found a way to adapt so far. Mm. We just, like, don't know but like for instance, that that will actually continue. Coral bleaching, like, right. we can't – we'd have no way of stopping coral bleaching, and it's happening, like, all over the place. I'm pretty sure, like, yeah. regardless of whatever's happening with global warming or if we're going to go into a cooling, like, we're in the – I think it's the seventh extinction, right? Like, the seventh mass extinction. Wouldn't it be the eighth? Wait Maybe the eighth. Anyway, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. I'll look it up. Go like ahead. I'm pretty sure we're in the midst of it. Anyways, just a large number of species have been dying off, and this has been they've been tracking it for thirty, forty years. Huh. I don't know about so. that. I have to look at that. Fun fact about coral bleaching, by the way. Uh, there was a there was a group that has found a way to make um, the genetically engineered coral that can withstand higher temperatures. Um, and it's only like four degrees higher or something like that, but that makes the world a difference for coral. And so they're like introducing them into places like the Great Barrier Reef. And, um, that scares me. Why? Like it's so many, we, we need like to regrow what we've lost. It's really bad. Okay. So just like Nathan said, there, the world has been much warmer than it has been right now. Uh, What? When? Pretty much Ever. Like now, we're actually pretty cool compared to what the Earth used to be. When like it's the sixth mass extinction, by the way. 
So we're, we were both wrong. Okay. And like climatologically, it, we're actually in a really stable period right now, even though it feels like everybody talks about it. It's heating up so fast, but like you can look at the glacial ice records and like we can see that like in, a, in like the span of... Decades, I get most of my science from XKCD and they had a really long <laughs> comic about it. I mean, it's, I love you know, there's a lot of... There's have a lot more. The there's a lot more one? debate on this topic than I have, yeah. some people would have you think. Yeah, I would. I would agree on that. Anyways, like so. So from before that, scientists believed that mammals ever existed. We were like ten degrees Celsius warmer than we are right now as a global average. It may not be ten. It may be more like five, but it was so much warmer right now. And then the uh, the warmest period ever that we know of in history was fifty six million years ago, and it was. 85 degrees in Greenland is the example that they use. Right, but what's the so what's the idea for like how long humans have been around? It's like 16, anatomically it's modern like humans, 16 million or something. No, it's more than that. We've gone. Wait, I don't thought it was modern way humans, less than that. We just like uncovered those we 300 were. million year old bo- it, 300 million year. I can't talk. 300 million year old bones. Thank you. Sorry. <laughs> We're talking, modern, we're talking about anatomically modern. We're talking about anatomically modern. Anatomically right? modern, like Homo sapien. Yeah. Like you could go back in time, and they wouldn't just kill you for being something else. Space alien. I feel like those. Are, that's really recent. For okay, so for that, I think it's closer to like maybe like three hundred thousand years. That's what yeah, I thought. Y'all are did full, I say y'all million? Are full of it. Did I say million? million? It's like I meant two hundred thousand. Yeah, that's I what I was. Thousand, I thought I, I was thinking hundreds of thousands. I one hundred percent meant thousand. I'm bad with numbers. So I was close yeah, to three hundred thousand. Like, three hundred million. No thousand. No. Good lord. Sorry, listeners. I know that like some people but just like, like through their phone. Like bipedal. To us right now. The bipedal oh, monkeys sorry. have been like. They say like 16 million or something. But still, when you were talking about the warmness, you were talking about millions and millions of years ago. Like, well, yeah, but it's Within still, our time frame. I just meant in supporting life is what I meant. Right, um, but not to be too crass, but like who cares about supporting human – who cares about supporting life if it's not human life? Oh, right? I like, see. Why do we care? Well, we adapt our environments all the time. I mean that's really that's, easy. Like we're, we're in a house right now that has heat. Like we could definitely survive, and if 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 plants can grow, then I mean that's really all you need to worry about, right? Besides water. I don't yes. know, man. The ocean's real yeah. important. I really like meat. <laughs> well, okay, I'm with you on that, but oh, what if we can grow lab-grown meat? As long as yeah. we can grow lab-grown meat and plants, then I'm pretty happy. Yeah, I, I don't know. I mean, I think I I definitely think you're right that if it were slow enough, we could adapt, but. I don't. I don't know that we necessarily would. Also, like. Also, like a more biodiverse world is a more interesting world and more fascinating to live in. I'd rather live in a more biodiverse world. What's interesting about you? You talked about the mass extinctions, like where this is the sixth one. I think you said. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's really fascinating that if you go back to the Cambrian explosion, there they approximate that the amount of species then was like a hundred times more than what we have now. Yeah. So that we actually have way less diversity of life than we did, you know, whatever that was, a couple hundred million years ago. What if it just keeps going down? Well, it is like, it's gone in cycles, It has been going down for a while. And it, like, when I say we're within the last extinction, right, these extinction periods last, like, thousands and thousands of years. Yeah, true. Maybe, like, hundreds of thousands of years for, like, an era of extinction or whatever. So what was it that caused... The explosion of all the diversity of life, and now that for millions of years we've kind of just been dwindling. Aliens. <gasps> I was gonna say evolution, but well, that's sure, what I'm saying. So, so, so obviously, that, if we if that we Star Trek episode, if we agree with evolution, then we would have to say that 
the rate of evolution has been way less than the uh, level of extinction. Why would we have to say that? Because there's less species now? I thought that's what we just agreed on. Seems like it'd take longer than a few thousand years to get rid of, to develop a new species, but it's a lot easier to kill off a species that already exists. Right? So, I don't know. So, we've, seen, we've seen rapid evolution. No, we haven't. In like bacteria and stuff. Yeah, we have. Oh, in bacteria and stuff. I was but, like, <laughs> but like, if bacteria can do it, then it can happen on a grander scale. But like since, well. So, okay. The, the soot moths, like this is an example that I heard on. Oh, God, where was it? Anyway. It was another the podcast. Abominable soot moths. No, there were these moths in pre oh, moths. pre moths in pre Victorian England or pre uh, industrial England that were white, like they because they lived on uh, aspen trees. They were white and black, yes. Yeah, so white and black they live on aspen trees. So industrialized England, tons of coal soot everywhere. The white ones were getting eaten off. So within twenty years, that whole species was black. Yeah, yep. that, that's rapid that's, evolution. That's not rapid evolution. That is absolutely rapid evolution. The ones no, it's adaptation, right? Which is like no, evolution still... on a very small scale. It is evolution, right? It's so changing. that so that would be te- technically that would be called microevolution. But it's still right. rapid evolution. But it's it's still it's even not, though it's it, micro. All it would it mean is that to... all the ones that yeah, were you can't both talk at the same time. My fault. Go ahead, Seth. Well, even if it's even if you want to classify it as micro, like you can see how that leads to large scale changes over time. So, I would I if you, would disagree if you have with that, that. Okay, well, <laughs> but if you have that kind of, it's yeah, it doesn't guarantee large scale changes. Like I, I didn't say it did. Okay, but I'm saying it it can lead to that if you have that kind of drastic change in 20 years. Uh, I would also highly recommend the Beak of the Finch, which is a novel about yeah, like, the first yeah. large scale, large scale, long term study of evolution on Galapagos Island. And mm-hmm. Right. Man, that's whatever. a cool place. It's, I want to go there. Yeah. So the, these are all variation within a genus. Then what are you defining evolution as? So, so for me, evolution is going beyond the family itself. So species and then genus and then family. So typically a, a family can mate and breed within itself. And, and, and the family is actually where it gets weird because a horse can mate with a donkey, but the mule isn't fertile. Mating within the family can get weird. Yes, it can. <laughs> <laughs> it's almost always weird. Um, oh but, but definitely within a genus, you have no problem with mating within a genus. Uh, and so all these things can really uh, change quite a bit uh, of on the outward scale, like let's say a beak of a, a finch or even the, the moth. Yeah. And really, for me, the moth, it just makes sense that, oh, okay, well, they didn't have really good uh, camo, so they just got eaten. And all the ones that were able to survive right, it, were the ones that... it changed that, the species to where now, instead of it being white and black, it's just black. To this day, it's still black. So it's okay. so it changed. It like, is, like, fundamentally altered what that species of moth was. Okay. Yeah, but... Uh, okay. So so I, I, I'm I'm just trying to make the distinction... Between microevolution doesn't prove macroevolution. Well, we just let's be honest, we just don't have the a long enough time crazy. scale. Oh, uh, well, agree, and that's what I'm saying. So, to, yeah. Sorry, listeners, if you hear those, I don't know if you can hear that. Probably. What were we talking about before we got on this? Uh, we, we wanted to go other places. Space <laughs> we were talking weather. about sort of like climate change and space weather. Oh yeah, we talked about space weather. I talked yeah. about introducing uh, synthetic coral. Or engineered oh, coral. That's what I want to talk and about. It was like, a synthetic no. coral. 
Because every time humans engineer something, we have <laughs> no idea of the effects that it will take in nature. And nature is very similar to quantum physics in the way that it's counterintuitive and what you think you're doing is not going to create the effect that you think it's going to. We absolutely do know what will happen if all the coral dies, though, which is like a giant oceanic extinction. But, okay, so let's consider coral reefs themselves, where we have planted... So some, some coral was getting too large. And so they gave these sea stars, these specific type of sea stars that eat the coral. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And now they're just destroying the coral at an insane rate. They And they actually have groups going, just killing and spearing them and putting them into bags. Yeah, it's the same thing with lionfish. That's 100% true. But getting rid of the wolves in Yellowstone is like another really good example. Yeah. That's such a cool story. The building of the dam in the Nile destroyed so many species. Yeah. It also like completely completely changed the climate of Cairo, which Mm -hmm. is like... The whole ecosystem just completely destroyed. So I'm always worried when some dude is like, yeah, we'll just engineer something and fix it. These are just slightly stronger coral. Like it's not like these are... And coral we're, aren't mobile. So Sorry, there are these plants. We are vastly overconfident as a species. I would, I would say that's because we're Definitely. awesome. <laughs> I mean, our track record has been mo- mostly successful. Also, let's be honest. Josh has a point there. Like we're pretty freaking, we're pretty freaking cool. We're and our ability to adapt, and our ability to like come up with new ideas yeah. and stuff. Humans like, are rad, guys. In, come in on. the United States, we really are. In the United States themselves, uh, ourselves, there was a study done on kids, and they asked them, "Do you believe you're in the top twenty five percent?" In your school, in your class. Yes. <laughs> and and 80% yes. of people in the U.S. said they were. So obviously yeah. 80% of people can't be in the top 25%. But the U.S. had the <laughs> Everybody, That's really everybody funny. in the world America. overestimated themselves. Right, but that's America just, had not the America. greatest the amount, amount yeah. of overestimation. Yeah, that's because we're the most confident country because we're the best. Back-to-back World War champs. <laughs> just saying. Now uh, I'm interested to know like what percentage I was in in my high school class. Because I definitely think I was in the top 25. <laughs> <laughs> As, but like, like, I really did make pretty good grades. In regards to what? You know, that's, that's how you got to think about it. Like, like grade, grade point It was average? specifically in grade. mathematics, too. Oh, dude. Yeah. I was definitely bottom 2%. Oh, yeah. In mathematics? Like... That's that, probably middle of the pack. One somewhere. of the worst. That would also be an interesting question to compare, like, as you go up in age, right? Like... Mm. I feel like high schoolers are more aware <laughs> that they're if they would not be in the top twenty five percent of math. Josh, you might know this like already. Third graders, but they also yeah. very true. They also showed that the less intelligent you were, the more likely you were to overestimate yourself. Well, that's just because you don't have. A yeah, good. that's called that's I, called the Dunning Kruger effect, or oh, is something it? like that. Dunning Kruger. Okay. I think you're right. Yeah. Yeah. Stupid people can't underestimate themselves and there, because they're like, stupid to know right and there's like <laughs> they don't yeah know there's this sweet they spot they don't know what they don't know there's this sweet there's this sweet spot where they or we don't have know. no idea but they think they're experts mm-hmm. it's really it's fascinating idiocracy. and terrifying donald trump like finals right in that sweet spot <laughs> so on that trump reference we got oh my god we, we i never thought about him like that but yeah we gotta call it quits guys i'm sorry i wanted to get to the year in review we're just not gonna we're not gonna get there we have we're ready yeah. uh, i guess we can do that in 2018 yeah we can do 2017 a year in review in well, 2018 2017 good riddance it wasn't that great yeah we say that it every wasn't year. bad i didn't think 2017 was bad it was not as bad as i expected it to be people are way too negative man you guys gotta be more optimistic I want to start a podcast. Uh, no, no, this is great. This is so great because there were two people who were like, oh, good riddance. Josh was like, you should be more optimistic. And I was like, yeah, we say that every year. And I'm the one who always says I'm the realist. <laughs> I've never or the, claimed or the to pragmatist. Be, the I've pragmatist. never claimed to be anything other than an optimist. I want to start a podcast oh, called Adventures with an Optimist. Like, 
be happy with it's gonna be full of disappointment yeah, I kind of want to come on that podcast and just like throw barbs at you. Each episode is going to be yeah. two and a half minutes long. You guys throw <laughs> barbs at me all the time, and I just bounce them off because I don't listen. All right, listeners, thanks for Josh coming. is the Dunning Kruger of the group. <laughs> <laughs> That's probably true. Uh, you guys have anything else you want to say? Nope. Happy New Year. Happy New Year. <laughs>